Taylor Swift, friend of the show, longtime friend of the show, mm-hmm. has done a re-recording of yet another album. Uh, I think that dropped on, that's what the kids say, uh, on Thursday night, maybe? Um, and it's great. But, and this this is uh, well-trodden ground, I think is the term. We We did this with the last album, but her merch team is doing a lot of stuff. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. Okay. Yeah. So last time we talked about this, this was when Fearless had been re-recorded and no, no, no. So Fearless was the last album that she has re-recorded due to the ongoing dispute that she's had with uh, the sale of Big Machine Records, which is why she is re-recording all her first six albums because of she doesn't own her masters and people can go listen to an old episode for more on that. Um, And there's actually a really good episode of the Wall Street Journal podcast about that this week. But um, we talked about in the past where uh, the Folklore album that she had released during the pandemic, uh, it was available on, uh, is, are they just called cassettes? What was the thing where like in the 90s, your car had a cassette player? Is just a cassette? I think so, yeah. Yeah, she had she had released that album on a, just a plain old, like, you know, thing that you used to, like if you pulled out the tape on accident, you would re-spool it with a, uh, um, a number two pencil. Mm-hmm. But, so if you go to store.taylorswift.com, powered by Shopify, uh, there's a couple of things here. So one, I'm going to send you a link to something that, eh, Christmas is coming up. So the listeners can crowdfund this. I kind of unironically would wear this. Mm. $65. But well, sh- ships in eight weeks. So oh, unfortunately, th- you're not going to get it for the holidays. Well, if I celebrate Christmas in Australia, maybe. <laughs> is, is that I problematic? Think, I don't. I don't think. That, is that not how time works? It's not, not problematic. It's just just wrong. But um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, huh. that actually is emblematic of society, which is being wrong is less bad than. Anyway, mm. um, I think this is this is fun, and I don't know if, as a um, person in his late thirties, I can wear this. And also, but so real, real quick clarification. Yeah. Once, so your early thirties are thirty to thirty-one, your mid thirties are thirty-two, and your late thirties are thirty-three. Just FYI. Okay, <laughs> that's a, that sounds about right. I, I have a lot of data points on this, um, and yeah, that that seems to be the gist of that. So, anyway, but if you go back to store.taylorswift.com, wow, they they are merchandising this super hard. So I think the most egregious part of this is so are you familiar with taylor swift's work who uh she's she's a country artist turned uh just general artist who makes great music but yeah i I think i've heard of her yeah yeah so the most egregious part about this is the all too well tissues so i'll send you a link so can you give me the um can you give me sort of like a little bit of background about this song i've been sort of hearing about well. this and like um is it like jake gyllenhaal's involved somehow so, or something so, that, so that's so that's the best part so I'll, I'll get into the history of all too well but i do appreciate that taylor swift is is spending tens of millions of dollars of uh uh universal music's money to tell jake gyllenhaal to go fuck himself because he's a bad <laughs> person um so jake gyllenhaal is is, is an actor uh, a famous relative of Maggie Gyllenhaal uh, that Taylor Swift dated briefly when she was in her early 20s. Um, and have you listened to the 10-minute version of All Too Well? I have not, no. Okay. So this is a really good um, 
lyric in the, in the back half of the song, which is, uh, she says that she's not good at telling jokes, but the punchline is, um, she gets older, but all your lovers stay her age. And it's pretty good because, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's current girlfriend, he's 40 now. She's 25. Hmm. Don't love that. I, I, I don't get why, why do, why do men in Hollywood do that? I don't, it feels like not an unforced error, but like, like I, I don't, if you're somebody who's a, an attractive, wealthy Hollywood person, why, why would you, I don't, I don't need to know the psychology of that. But anyway, All Too Well is a song that was written about that and was a very, very good song that on the initial Red album was not, not that it wasn't well received, but it just, it wasn't released as a single and it just, it wasn't, it's not really like a, a, a radio banger, as you would say. Like it's a, very 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 good song and it is by far my favorite song of hers and i i've had discussions with a lot of people about like kind of like what are the top five best taylor swift songs and that's an extremely difficult conversation to have but all too well consistently is the best song anyway so she wrote about him it's it's a very good song but the original is actually just kind of like kind of a sad but hopeful song whereas the 10 minute re-recording which has a lot of extra verses and more detail is a much and and I and I don't want to it's an angrier version but like it's much more pointed I don't I, I don't know I actually made a thing on Instagram about this earlier today which is that it the song on its own in its audio form is less less impactful than hearing it performed live because the um uh, the pointed bits are much more um they translate more to seeing it performed anyway so, so is the original version of the song also about him yes and was was that known at the time yeah i mean because i think she also dated joe jonas and there's there's a whole lot of stuff where and i think i don't know if john mayer ever dated her there's a song like uh enchanted that's also um wait actually was that the right song yeah there, there's been multiple songs that, that you people can suss out she's never actually said but you can know that they're about short-lived romances in the in the past so that that, that was a, a known quantity but i don't think she's ever said it herself but the i guess the longer version sort of like drives the point home yes and she and she performed it on snl yes is that okay and, it, and it's extremely rare for a television like one to like work ad breaks around it because it's still traditional tv but to have somebody perform a nine and a half minute song um on television is actually kind of um I think I think T T Swift could pull that off. I think. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, on store.taylorswift.com, you can buy a four pack of tissues that are branded with the like I I I the whole merchandising and rights scaffolding and infrastructure around the Taylor Swift economic entity. Like it's it's it. This is a a lot, but I mean I don't know. I I I'm not faulting her or or any of this and and again if you can make money get paid i think that's the motto of the 2020s so Um, there there, there's sort of a theme i'm picking up between the um knit sweater and these tissues sure connect the dots it it has that aesthetic and I, i i i get the sense that this is kind of like a popular thing now where like they're purposefully meant to look not cheap, but like they're meant to look like not expensive. 
if, if, if that, yeah. like on on the knit sweater, it's almost like you know the lettering's not even like perfectly straight, and like on these tissues, the I'm not sure what like font this is, but <laughs> it's <laughs> we got a typography critic over here. <laughs> like, like, do you, do you know what I mean? Like, it's I, it's I like it's it's do. meant to look. Yeah, again, I, cheap I, is not the right word, but I just I know that. When something actually is, you know, say $65 for a sweater or $10 for a pack of well, but four tissue or not four tissues, four, four packs of tissues. Uh, they're, probably, they're probably five packs of tissues. That's probably <laughs> what you're the math guy. What's five times four? Um, I, I, I get that. I like, I mean, this is basically the music equivalent of fast fashion. Like this is like a very much like an H&M style thing, but I don't know. Like uh, that's it. It's a cool sweater. I, I'm I'm known for my uh, uh, array of Mr. Rogers sweaters. Mr. Rogers, if he was still around, might wear this. I don't know. I, uh, but also, mm. but the so, but again, have you heard not the ten minute version, but have you heard all too well the original? I, pr- I probably I, like, I I have to admit that I I got on the Taylor Swift bandwagon wagon very late in the game, kind of mm-hmm. post kind of country t-swift so, well, so which these, album was like i guess what year was that um well so for or me I guess, like, what was I, the most popular new song of hers that you heard when you were whatever you it, call it like a, a, a aware of slash maybe a fan it was actually one of the songs on red i can't think of what it was called though but it, it came on when we... or um we are never getting back together Oh, that one, yeah. Well, yeah, but that was the album that this—that's this album. That was 2012. Well, well, but what I mean, like, I of course I had heard Taylor Swift songs, but I couldn't claim to be like a Taylor Swift fan, or you know, I wasn't listening to her albums from right mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. um, from start to finish, like you know, I do now. Mm -hmm. But so, but the the original song, well, and the extended one uh, of All Too Well has a uh, a line of like, "There's still my scarf at your sister's house." So they sell a all too well scarf that has all too well knit into like a little like name tag thing inside of it for $35. Eh, it cheapens it a little bit, but also, but I mean, you're, I, I mean, I feel like you would sympathize with this cause you're very, you're very much a Disney dude where you can, you have, have made peace with the, uh, the stories of Disney, the experience of Disney and all like the merchandising part of it. And 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 you have like compartmentalized that in a in a place where you're happy with it, right? Well, like, what do you mean? Like you, you understand that like the that the Star Wars is an extremely um like you you like the stories, but you can all you you've made peace with the um somewhat excessive merchandization. Isn't that even a word? Yeah, uh, that's like, that's you know that's a thing that's never that's like i've never been the type that's like oh that's so mainstream man like no, no, I, I don't even mean I, mainstream. I, I, just, I just mean that like literally like disney if they could like if, if they could make baby yoda tissues which god help them they probably already do have. they i i don't fucking know i was at home depot earlier today and there was a fucking baby yoda with a candy cane and i i don't remember uh, if i sent it to you but i mean i but you would have been there in 20 minutes to go buy it i'm sure you would have. I'm, I'm sorry wait is there a link is it a is it a light up lawn thing it, <laughs> hold on Hold on. Okay, hold on. The Home Depot.com. Actually, it's just, it's it's just Home Depot.com. Oh, yeah, like it's the Facebook. Uh, Jesus. It's- <laughs> I think you're thinking of uh, Meta. Uh, I, 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 I search for did, Yoda. Did I send Christmas? this to you? No, yeah, I don't this, think this so. was in like the bargain bin of the. Um, oh, yeah, there's. Um, 
there's been one of these not not with the candy cane but the, like this exact looking baby yoda doll without a candy cane that has just been sitting in in um someone's front yard at a house nearby that i, I pass by on my morning walk and, and some days you think just, of taking it <laughs> he's just he's just been there for for weeks and i i have a lot of questions really is what i'm saying but now they, they have they have a holiday version of it so that's that's nice um yeah and, and he's he's spooning with uh, a minion at the <laughs> at the San Rafael Home Depot so Bay Area people get on that anyway uh we're going to close the tab on this but anyway I, it's fun if anybody if again if if listeners want to buy me this sweater uh they can uh depends on the sizing sometimes a small sometimes a medium all right other stuff before we get into main business so you're you're a regular viewer of of I think what's called the Lake Show. You like the Lakers? Uh, not as much this season, but yeah. Oh, uh, you don't like his potato chips anymore? Wait, who's the guy? Somebody makes uh, whoever had the partnership. Oh, that was with wasn't Ruffles. that that was Anthony Davis, right? Ruffles jalapeno lime Lakers. Who was it? I think it was I think it was Anthony Davis or AD as you would say. It's number three, yeah, yeah AD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he he's as insofar as I understand the Lakers as a thing. At one time, Shaq played for them, and now he sells ink cartridges for Epson. Right. And, um, you see that every time you go to Staples. Oh, actually, that fits. Ooh. Um, and then uh, and then Kobe played for them, and now. Uh, all the hallowed ground of the Showtime Lakers. Actually, did they was the Staples Center a thing when the Lakers were in their heyday, or is that a later development? Well, I mean, they were they were they were not the Showtime Lakers, but you know, they did win three. When they, when they did titles. the three peat thing, were all those in the, the Staples Center? Yeah, that was Staples Center. Yeah. Okay. So, actually, yeah, bring us up to speed on this. The Staples Center will be no more. They're not turn it down, but it will not be called the Staples Center anymore. Yeah, you know, this is a day I figured would come at some point because, like, how much longer was Staples going to continue the, um, the you know, to pay for the naming rights for the Lakers arena? Um, and, you know, this thing opened in, in 1999 at a time when, you know, Staples having an arena named after it actually maybe did make a little bit more sense. But, you know, flat, flash forward to 2021 and Staples is just not really like, you know, kind of the, um, I guess it is still a household brand, but you know what I mean? It's not really like a, yeah. a hot brand, I guess, as you would say. Yeah. Um, and so I get, I get, I didn't even know this was like a thing that was happening, but I guess the naming rights for the arena were up and something called crypto.com bought the naming rights 700 million dollars for the next 20 years it's going to be crypto.com arena and i guess the plan is to unveil the um logo on the court and kind of unveil all the um kind of inside branding um before the lakers christmas day game next month and then the idea is that all of the um like signage on the outside will be updated. Like middle of next year. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Ryan, what's a crypto? <laughs> well, so here's the thing is since this news broke yesterday, I, I don't I don't even want to go to crypto.com. I mean, I guess I could do that like in a incognito window or something. Shit but even still, down. I just I'm already there. <laughs> well, you're gonna and have for, to and for some tell reason, me what's there. Uh who's who's the guy who's 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 the who's the actor that's got kind of the Wow, how do I say this without saying it? It's got kind of the um, the swollen face a little bit. The one who looks like the guy who played um, that guy on Breaking Bad. What are you, what are you not, talking about? Go to Shift Command and go to Crypto.com. I'm, I'm definitely not going to do that. Who's no. the guy who was in The Martian? It's got kind of the... Matt Damon? Yeah. yeah. How, do you know, how do you not know Matt Damon's name? He well, who's the guy on Breaking Bad that looks just like Matt Damon? Remember the guy? He was the one who was oh, very like much the, looking uh, to he, like impress uh, Steve. Sort of. He sort he of looks, looks exactly like, like him. Eh, I don't. I don't think he's like a super duper famous actor, is he? Well, yeah. What's his name? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, his name apparently Jesse Plemons. Anyway, apparently crypto crypto dot com, which bills itself as the best place to buy, sell, and pay with cryptocurrency. Um, and, so uh, is, this, is, this, is this like Coinbase? Or? It's, I, I don't even know. Like, I mean, I'm not a crypto person, and I've been mean to ask people, like, crypto's a scam, right? I, like, I, I'm the wrong person to ask. I don't know. You, you haven't put your, your daughter's 529 fund in all crypto? <laughs> she, she's not heavily diversified in Dogecoin? Uh, not, um, not yet. No, her second birthday is coming up though. So, mm-hmm. well, I'm sure she would like a Shiba Inu. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, apparently you can get a crypto.com NFT. Fuck NFTs. All right. I'm closing this. But anyway, apparently crypto.com wants to tell you that fortune favors the bold and apparently putting your real American money into fake money is uh, the way to do that. Anyway, so the staple center, which is objectively a good name, like it is. Yeah, not it's well, not a it's no HP Pavilion, but, well, but we it's... we talked about it. Like there's like I mean there's the a, a wide spectrum of good branding names. I feel like uh, Pacific Bell Park, AT and T Park, like, and we'll get to this as to whether or not people are going to adopt the new name. That we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But like, there's um, what's what's another? Why am I blanking on it? What's another? uh branded field that's like it's a brand name but it's good there there really there really aren't many left anymore isn't it like i mean like uh why am i why am i blanking on this like the the cowboys play oh but that's it's at&t stadium that actually doesn't have that much cachet but um Anyway, but the, but there have been good ones, which is that Staples Center was always a good one, and AT and T Park was a good one. But all the naming rights for, um, like, what what was it called most recently? The O dot Co Coliseum. Like people in the Bay Area just <laughs> call that the Coliseum, uh, the Coliseum, the Coliseum, or that big gray thing that's off the eight eighty, and that's just what it is. But like, um, yeah, like Staples Center was a good name. Um, where it doesn't, and this is, this was my alternate opener is I will give you, I will square cash you right now. 
I'm sorry, I'm downgrading this because I think you actually might get it. $3.50. If you can tell me, and without Googling it, the name of the arena that the New Orleans Pelicans play at. Oh, that's a tough one because that that's changed no, it a hasn't. bunch of times. Not, not oh, in the past six it, years. It, is it still the Smoothie King Arena? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, my words are again 350, but yes. That is the dumbest name I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, it's not it's not a good one, no. Well, the um uh what is the we we were talking about this I think recently cuz maybe it was like when they were in the um finals that the Suns their yeah, their arena now is the uh, Footprint Center. I remember we had a weird intro where I didn't know that Talking Stick Arena was based off of um like it's kind of like the what what is it called the Mirage Casino like there's there's a bunch of uh, reservation casinos and stuff but right yeah I mean there's a lot of bad ones like I mean like Mercedes Benz Superdome which apparently is like actually right next door to the Smoothie King Center is not like it's not bad but there's like what's the um like I feel like Safeco Field was a good one which unfortunately is now called the fucking T-Mobile Park or whatever mm. which is gross. Yep. Actually, and CenturyLink Field actually wasn't bad, but now CenturyLink is trying to rebrand that as Lumen Field. Uh, it's so. Do you um, if while we're playing these guessing games, do you have any idea? I I, I just looked this up, but I I want to see if you know without looking it up what footprint is. Like mm-hmm. the the company that that the Phoenix Suns Arena is now named after. What do you think they do? No idea. I, so I have I have to admit I thought this was maybe like a like a shoe company or something, but it's it's evidently uh, an environmental based tech company that wants to eliminate single use plastics. Okay, I would wouldn't have guessed that. I mean the name the name makes sense you know after it's been explained to me, but yeah wouldn't have, wouldn't have guessed it before. <laughs> Yeah, not great. Like, I mean, like, and I think where, where do the, is Bushfield a thing? Where do uh, the... That's where the Cardinals used to slash still play. Bush Stadium, yeah, it used there, to be. Is there Target Field? Yeah, that's where the Twins play. Target Field's where the Twins play. I think that still is Target Field. Like, I mean, th- those aren't bad, but the Staples Center, because here's, here's the thing where... I guess let's move on to the second half of the conversation, which is that will people in Los Angeles actually call it this? Because the Staples Center also hosts, like, Los Angeles is like the center of the uh, American entertainment industry. And, like, the Grammys are held there and stuff. Like, on the Grammys telecast, are they literally going to be, like, live from the crypto.com arena? Like, Like, it's very commonplace to say the Staples Center, because, like, that's... Like it's just it's an inoffensive and like likable name. Like I don't I don't think many people have ill will against like staples. Well, so I I the part of it that I'll slightly push back on is I think a part of the Staples Center name isn't even necessarily the brand or anything to do with the name itself, but rather it's just it's been around for over twenty years now. So it's just it's familiar. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big part of calling an arena or having an arena's name kind of just 
be what you'd refer to it as is it's it's not the name itself it's just kind of how long it's been around so yeah but, i mean totally I, for a while it's gonna you know yeah but i but i don't think like when the state like i mean because we we used to be from southern california still sometimes kind of identify from being from there like th- i don't think there was ever any pushback to calling it like where did the lakers play before this uh they played um oh gosh i'm totally blanking the, the forum Hmm. And that's that's that. that's actually still called the forum. Yeah, so it, it's where the Lakers played. It, it's in Inglewood. Um, it's where the Lakers play. That that's where your Showtime Lakers played. But that's not and, like what's the what's that underused stadium? Like, isn't it like the Exposition Field? Where like wasn't there a thing where the Los Angeles Rams? Ugh. Um, <laughs> it's well that that that's in that's in Inglewood as well. It, it's relatively close to the forum. Well, you know, I think I think this story actually maybe got lost because it happened. Um, kind of right before COVID. And I think we weren't doing the show at the time because, you know, new housemate and everything. Um, but there was kind of a, there was an interesting story with the forum where, um, you know, Steve Ballmer, who owns the Clippers, he, he's been wanting to move the Clippers out of um, crypto.com arena um, and build a new stadium <laughs> in Inglewood. But he was getting a lot of pushback from the, group that owned the forum which is currently being used as a music venue i think there was some you know personal kind of animosity and then also there was some fear that this new arena that balmer wanted to build would take away some you know concerts that would otherwise be at the forum etc and balmer just bought the forum (laughs) so that he could so that he could just build his arena and they actually just broke (laughs) ground on it um like a month or two ago and it'll be open um i think in a couple of years or a few years it's all that microsoft office money yeah Um, yeah, i mean you're you're not wrong yeah well and that's isn't i think the there's another smaller um venue kind of across the street from staples center and i think that actually is called well, microsoft it, didn't theater it, didn't it used to be called like la live or something or is that on well, la live center? is the it still is la live is like the whole kind of development around staples center well no but there, there totally is the microsoft theater, theater. Or whatever, right? yeah. i think that is again because like that's that's that, that's where like i bring up the name recognition thing is because like anytime there's the the emmys or the tony awards or like any any big entertainment venue it, it either happens at the um yeah it either happens at the microsoft theater or the staples center or there's some other uh like performance hall or something but yeah it's always one of those i I just can't see a future where it's like an announcer unironically says the 62nd grammy awards sponsored by uh coke coffee taking place at the crypto.com arena in downtown los angeles like that's just that's just never gonna happen well, of course it's going to happen. Well, what what else are they going to say? I don't know. It's just so stupid. Anyway, well, so but this, I, this, I don't know. This this is a good time to bring in this Kevin Ruse tweet, which I really liked, which I'll read another now. friend of the and, show, him and Taylor. Yeah. Mm-hmm, and I'll put this in the notes. Um, and he's he's talking in this exact point, which is sorry, but Crypto.com Arena is as normal as sponsored building names are going to get from here on out. We're in for 20, 30 years of stuff called like mutant ape auditorium and dogecoin college of dentistry i think i mean i think he's right so maybe you know in your hypothetical scenario announcers will be 
will be um, happy to be able to refer to something as Crypto.com Arena because all the other arena names will be even worse. Maybe I, I don't know. Like this, this is exceptionally stupid. Like, yeah, it's yeah. no, it's bad. I mean, I'm I I feel like maybe I'm coming across as trying to defend this. Like, like just to be clear, I'm not. This is I'm, this I'm, is this is a bummer. This this makes guaranteed rate field sound like the fuck like fucking Yankee Stadium. Oh, you know what? I just thought of a good one. What a good a good stadium name. Mm-hmm. And I I think it's is it a real one. This yeah yeah okay Petco Park yeah. It's pretty good. Well, except for the fact that Petco did a rebrand that I think we talked about earlier, which makes it look like it's a fucking uh, like middleware company. Like it, it's the, it's <laughs> the most because Petco.com or sorry, Pet, just like Petco before, like its logo and its wordmark was basically just a dog and a cat just chilling. Mm-hmm. And now it looks like actually, if you Google it, it looks like Casper's logo. So it's oh, fucking geez, horrible. It just like single color kind of you know copy image address paste slack oh yeah and i will not accidentally open photos like i always do yeah it looks like fucking casper like it, it literally does like yeah, it's it like to, the same color too yeah it, it used to look like clifford and a cat because cats also exist <laughs> cat, cats continue to be a going concern mm. um Anyway, this 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 is silly. Like I I I struggle because I like I'm a I'm a I'm a tech forward person, and I try not to be an old man about this. But I I one day like I don't ever. <laughs> one promise I make people whenever I meet new people is that I will tell them I promise I will not talk to you about I'm like I'm a nerd, but I will not talk to you about cryptocurrency. But like I I crypto's a scam, right? I honestly, I I know so little about it, and it's I mean, as someone who is a um, financially conservative, like not in the political sense, but just like someone who's very careful with their money, particularly with investments. Um, crypto, <laughs> crypto is just not not something, not something I'd really ever feel comfortable getting super into. Mm-hmm. So you're mad that you invested all that money in uh, that Nikola company, <laughs> right? Um, speaking of investing, um, I guess just <laughs> no just to to put a bow on uh, Petco, uh-huh. you know, there's um, ticker symbol. Yeah, we we covered this. I uh, this yeah, was our we? this was our intro five weeks ago when we were talking about that Del Taco has uh, the ticker symbol Taco and then Pe- you're you're re, you're reciting stuff from this of the same show. Which which show is this? The Hold good on. one. Oh, this is the good one. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, it's hard to tell. You sometimes. sound incredulous. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, yes, that was our intro from from a month ago. Nah, I don't. Um, I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, this this is this is silly. And Staples was a good name. And for the love of Christ, I will not call uh, where the Giants play Oracle Park ever. I, I will I will soon is move to Washington, then I will call it Oracle Park. So would you call it Oracle Park first, or would you refer to Apple's operating system as Mac OS first? <laughs> no, it's OS then forever. Here's yeah. the thing. I like actually on that point, because I've I've actually discussed this in very boring conversations with other people, is that I wouldn't 
because like because you're not you're not an old school mac person but i mean you went to orange county public schools like did, didn't your elementary school have macs you know it's funny i think about that sometimes i i'm pretty sure they i mean we had a computer lab but i i I, I couldn't even tell you for sure if they were. I, what would have been? What would the alternative been at the time? Some kind of DOS-based computer well, wouldn't well, have been Windows. So our, our school had a mixed environment where they had a couple of uh, Dell computers and they had a bunch of IBM three eighty six uh, DOS six based machines that would run Math Blaster as well. Yeah, because I mean that that's like my first computer at home as a kid was a uh, was an IBM. DOS based computer. So that uh, one I remember, but I don't really remember what the computers were at school. But they they probably were Macs. There's two things on that. I find it I find it funny because one old people will no offense old people, but they will still call stuff um, an IBM or an Apple, and I don't know why I find that very very funny. Um, I've told the story about how I I didn't actually get a third grade education. Because I somehow at my elementary school got stuck uh, being like the ad- unpaid ad hoc IT manager, <laughs> fixing all the, uh, um, what were they called? The um, Power Max 6300s. Because uh, like our particular elementary school got like some weird grant for being a blue ribbon school or something like that. I don't know what Orange County used to do. But we got a whole bunch of new computers, and they would never work right. And somehow, I would just get pulled out of the class, uh, pulled out of class all the time to fix them, and that was fun. And that's why I don't know calculus, I guess. <laughs> anyway, what was the point of that? Wait, why? Why did we bring that? Oh, Mac OS. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'll call like the original Macs like ran capital M lowercase AC space OS. The reason I don't want to call OS ten Mac OS is like that. The whole, because Apple's thing is that they want watchOS, iOS, tvOS, macOS to kind of like all look the same on a slide. So I just have like this irrational hatred of all lowercase Mac capital OS. Anyway. Yeah, but I think to emphasize how little naming of operating systems matter anymore is I very often forget like what the name of the current version of mac os is or like what the previous version was i just i just don't think about it very much yeah it does it doesn't really matter it's all it's it's marketing stuff yeah what version of windows does your uh rainbow gaming pc run uh windows 10 not windows Windows 10 what do they still wait are you trolling me no, doesn't Windows 10 have like multiple versions and it has like cuz they they release updates to it, right? Like didn't Windows XP like used to have like Service Pack 1 or what like it had Oh yeah, they they, had they versions. still Yeah, they do stuff like that, but I don't think that really changed the name of it or anything, did it? It was all just still Windows XP. Yeah. I don't know. All right, anyway, crypto.com arena. Hmm. In beautiful downtown Los Angeles, California. Mhm. All right, so the next part's going to be you talking for a while. Oh, so boy. You, yeah. um, did we talk about this last week? Where you? We, well, yes, because we, this was under the guise of you backtracked super hard on your um, YouTube TV fandom when you found out that you can get that sweet, sweet gigabit internet 
but you placed a like a cautionary thing in Slack. I forget what what did you how'd you phrase it? You said there was a lot of follow up and that you're mad that coax cable like so sorry, please please explain. Well, and I don't know if you checked that that same thread today, but there were some more some more photos I put in there for you for what was happening uh, this afternoon. Oh, I did not check that. Um, yeah, so have, pull that up for for reference as to where this is going. So, um, so there, there's two parts of this Comcast thing that I think are semi interesting, at least for for this show. There's the internet part of my experience from the past week, and then there's the TV part of the experience. The, the TV story is a lot shorter, but I still think is kind of interesting. But we'll save that for the end because the TV part is actually a lot more dependent on the internet part, which is which is what we'll get into. Um, so with the internet. You know, I had a Doxus 3.0 modem, which I, th- I think we even probably talked about on the show from last year where Comcast had done just like a speed bump to my plan. I think I was on a like a two or 300 megabit plan that they just decided to bump up to 400. And my modem that I had had a year ago didn't support that faster speed. So I bought a, you know, a new Doxus um 3.0 modem that then supported i think up to like 600 down or something like that but obviously for for gigabit that wasn't going to work so i you know asked you hey <laughs> which modem did you buy when um you got gigabit ordered one of those um that showed up uh last thursday or friday um and i went to set it up last friday and also, I think like we talked about probably a year ago, you know, Comcast, to their credits, actually got this pretty nice like self-activation thing where, you know, historically with cable modems, you'd have to like, you know, call in and, and read off the, the MAC address it's like verbally over the phone. But you can actually do all that kind of in this self-service way, just using the Xfinity app on your phone. So, you you know, you plug in the modem and then... You like in your browser, if you go to like Xfinity.com slash activate or whatever, it just says like, hey, you know, download the Xfinity app on your phone and there'll be an option to activate new hardware. And when you go to do that, you say, hey, I'm activating a modem and then you enter the the MAC address that way. So it's pretty neat. And so that, you know, that worked just the same way again this year. And then, um, you know, the modem was was connected. I think I, I sent you a screenshot shortly after I got it all set up, um, it was getting, you know, close to like 900 down and like close to 40 up. Um, so everything looked good. Um, internet was running fine for like a couple of hours or like a few hours. And then the lady friend and I, uh, sat down to watch uh, the great British baking show as, as we do on a Friday night. Internet's done. It's down. And I'm thinking like, well, that's, that's weird because like I just got this brand new modem and everything was working fine this afternoon. Um, but just, just nothing like, you know, no, no device connected via Wi-Fi, nothing hardwired, like nothing was working. So, you know, I do the, the typical reboot of everything after rebooting, like a web page would sort of load, but it would take a really long time and sometimes just time out. Like it was just very slow and kind of like in and out, I guess would be the best way to describe it. Mm. Um, 
And I'm thinking, well, like, what the heck? Like, it was working fine all afternoon. Um, and, like, the only thing I had done, like, in the later part of the day, sort of in between using the internet in the afternoon and then going to watch um, the Great British Baking Show was I had unplugged the TiVo. <laughs> the TiVo, I had just, it's just been plugged in this whole time that I haven't been using it because it's, it's like under, it's, it's in a, you know, a cabinet thing underneath the TV that's not super hard to get to, but hard enough to get to where I just haven't even bothered like unplugging it or anything. And, you know, I had had coax running into the house and then I had a splitter to split that coax between the TiVo and the modem. And I was, so I was thinking like, well, it, like unplugging the TiVo, like that, that couldn't possibly matter to the modem. Like if anything, I would think having the connection not split would like help things. But I'm like, well, all right, well, I don't know, maybe there's some weird coax thing happening here. So I plug the TiVo back in and not right away, but like shortly after the internet started working again. And I'm so then I'm thinking like, well, what like what the heck is happening here? And I, you know, also then do what you do and did some like Google searching and stuff. And I guess it's the case that certain powered devices, and I actually don't even know if a TiVo falls into this category necessarily, but certain powered devices that you then also plug into coax, which are also then plugged into a splitter, those devices will sort of like essentially amplify the coax signal that's going through the splitter by by you know being plugged in. Wait, what? So if you can kind of picture picture, you know, coax coming out from a wall and then going into just like a two-way splitter with, sure. you know, one end going into a TiVo, with then one going into a cable modem. I guess it's the case that certain devices that are plugged into power, like obviously like a TiVo, you have to also have to plug into power. When it's when it's plugged into power and has a coax then connected to a splitter, that that sort of connection can essentially sort of acts as like an amplifier to the to the coax signal in some cases. I'm not doing a great job explaining this because this is just something I don't know a ton about, but that's that's something that I noticed. So um, I guess like that, that I that doesn't make sense to me. So like, couldn't you? Well, don't like, don't I, get, I, I would, don't I expect... get so don't don't get too hung up on this because that's that's not what it ended up being. Okay. But that that was just sort of like. All I see as, is, as in, I'm in, trying in to this, troubleshoot in this thread, all I see is some guy in a very, very, very tall and concerning, concerningly tall ladder outside your house. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so, so get to the good, the good stuff. So the internet, internet's working and I'm, so then I'm thinking like, well, okay, maybe like maybe my coax signal that's coming into the house just needs to be like amplified in some way in order for the modem to get a stable enough connection. Um, and I was thinking, and but what was weird is like, you know, my old modem worked rock solid for the last year. Um, but I thought like, I don't know, well, maybe with gigabit, there's some kind of lower like tolerance that that level of service has in terms of the connection, which actually ended up not being too far off what, what actually happened. But, um, anyway, I go to Best Buy. And I buy um, a coax signal amplifier. 
mm-hmm. um, which is actually basically just a splitter, but it actually has like dedicated power. So you plug it into the wall and then you plug coax into it. And then it, you know, it actually splits the signal like, I don't know, four or six different ways, something like that. So I do that, you know, keep the TiVo unplugged and just keep this amplifier plugged in, hook the cable modem up and the internet's still working. So I'm thinking, all right, well, I, I guess that was it. Weird, but hey, coax is weird. Um, but then a few hours later, same thing as the day before. Internet completely goes out. I could reboot everything and it would like <laughs> kind of sort of come in and out, but would be really, really slow and, and unreliable. So here's the thing that I do like is that I feel like with work these days, the internet's kind of important. Well, yeah, this was happening. So the, the the Friday this was happening was a day I had off of work and then the next day, Saturday. So it, fortunately, this wasn't interfering with work very much. Um, but, you know, maybe you can relate to this. Like with technology problems like this, this kind of thing just drives me nuts. Like I need to, I need to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm thinking, all right, well, maybe I just like got a bad cable modem. Like the odd, the odds of that seem very low but it it seems like the last like thing i could basically try before having to go down the route of just calling comcast and so you know i i pull up best buy's you know app on my phone and they've they've got a doxis 3.1 modem in stock so this is like seven o'clock on saturday night (laughs) so i go back to best buy for the second time that day buy a second doxis 3.1 cable modem plug that in, go through the activation process again. Same thing. It, the internet is kind of coming in and out, is generally very, very slow. Um, so then at that point, I'm like, all right, well, you know, I'll call, I'll call Comcast, if, if nothing else, just to like, you know, get a service appointment as soon as I can, because, you know, I assume that they're busy, obviously. And so, you know, I go through some troubleshooting steps with a very helpful person over the phone. Um, nothing that they do gets, you know, the second modem that I bought working any better. And so she goes ahead and, you know, schedules a service appointment for, for today. And, you know, but I obviously like, we need internet like between Saturday and Wednesday. So I, you know, I asked like, well, can we at least, you know, go through the process of reactivating like my, my old modem? Cause that was working just fine. And she's like, oh yeah, of course. And so we did that and sure enough, it, it fired right up and worked, you know, just like it has, you know, totally fine from Saturday through today. So then, so, you know, now the internet's working, but I'm, you know, not getting gigabit speed because my modem doesn't support it but at least we've got working internet. So then today service tech shows up another really nice guy um, comes in and, you know, basically, you know, they've got like the little, like kind of like signal testers. Like he basically just unplugs the coax from my cable modem, plugs it into like this fancy little box, which was like wirelessly connected to his phone. And then he's got like a bunch of graphs and numbers and stuff. And he kind of like, I was kind of looking over his shoulder and you could like instantly see right away on one of the main charts he was looking at just like a bunch of like red bars. (laughs) So I'm thinking like, all right, well, that's, that's probably, um, that's probably what's going on here. Um, so he's like, all right, I I, got to do some things outside. I'll, I'll be right back. And 
um, <laughs> that's where I sent you the pictures. He, he ended up just running a completely new line from where the coax connects to kind of like the main line in front of our house over our driveway to our house and then through the wall. So he, he just replaced that entire line. And that's kind of, I was kind of figuring maybe that was something he would do. Um, but then when he, you know, when he came back in, I like, I asked him like, Oh, so you just like, you ran a, um, ran a new line. I'm like, it was, you know, was the other one just like old or like, was there something wrong with it? And he goes, it was, it was filled with water. Like it was completely like flooded with water. Like he said, when he disconnected it and, and it just kind of let it drip, like fall down, like water, like poured out of it, like a hose, um, which he says happens when, you know, generally when like if a critter or something starts gnawing on it, um, and then, you know, rain can accumulate inside of, of whatever holes made in the cable, um, and so I'm like, well, okay, that's interesting. And I'm, then I asked him, I'm like, well, like my, you know, my internet's been actually working like totally fine before upgrading to gigabit or trying to put in a Doxus 3.1 modem to, to take advantage of this gigabit service. And he, he said, yeah, you know, we actually have a, a, like a saying, which is that lower, lower frequencies over coax, which I guess is like where, you know, like non gigabit service run um can swim like that's what he said um and then he's he then he like he explained that lower frequencies over coax have kind of a higher tolerance for being able to continue to work even when there's water present comcast dude is angling for some show titles <laughs> he's a very nice guy um and he was fielding you know my my questions cuz I, I like i needed to know what was wrong um, but you know, sure enough, um, you know, he, after, you know, getting everything wired, he came back in and we plugged in, um, one of the Doxus 3.1 modems that I had and it just, it, you know, fired up right away. Um, one thing I didn't mention with the, the both modems prior to this, you know, when I was trying to set them up over the weekend, the, the only thing that, that indicated something was not quite right was the downstream button or downstream light rather was was just blinking and it wasn't staying solid blue which is what it's supposed to do but the instruction manual actually like listed that as something that could happen and it said oh this is this is generally not a big deal and you should continue to you know get your your normal internet service but you may want to contact your provider it said something like very close to that, um, but it. But I knew that that was something that was weird, and then I did mention that to the tech when he got out there, and he's like, "Oh yeah, no, that's that's not right." Um, and but sure enough, when he plugged in the the modem after you know doing all of his magic outside, it you know solid blue lights, and it's been working been working great. So that's what it was, just a bad bad line coming into the house, and but it was. It was in such a state where slower internet worked okay, but um, faster internet did not. He also he actually also mentioned that the other way 
we probably would have run into this or we would have known this was a problem is if we had tried to access anything um, on demand from a cable box. Because I guess that that also uses whatever higher frequency that gigabit service does. But as longtime listeners will recall, um, Xfinity had removed on-demand services from TiVo a while back. So that's never been an issue since we've, uh, or that's never been something we've been able to access in this house. So yeah, that's my uh, that's my internet story. <laughs> so in the end, everything's fine. So now it's, I've got a cable right? modem to return. I've got a, a coax signal amplifier to return. Um, but then, but then we'll be good to go. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, nice, it's nice to know the problem wasn't your own, and also that well, that's, you, yeah. you can sometimes uh, maybe do too much troubleshooting on your own versus just calling the enter number. Sometimes. Well, that. You're you're a thousand percent right. That's mm-hmm. the lesson. Is well, I that's, that's the my, the nerd paradox. Yeah, like my mentality that Friday and Saturday was doing everything I could to not have to call Comcast. Whereas if I just would have called them from the get go, it yeah would have been but, a lot easier. But cable Cable Town loves you. You know <laughs> your your trepidation is unfounded. Uh, anyway, and you should always um, start out with just just always call the ca- uh, the cable card line, <laughs> and just be like, I don't know. Eventually, just 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 play dumb, and you always get somebody awesome if you call that line. Yeah, I mean, I I, I call just the regular line, and they actually got got a very very helpful person. And then yeah, the, the tech today was good too. So nice. Um, so that's the internet part. The the TV part, I'll keep this much much shorter, but I think is also kind of interesting. So. We got into this a little bit when I described the services that I signed up for, and there were you know references to their cloud DVR service, but that it seemed like that was sort of contingent on having like a TV box. Like it was very unclear on the website or the pages that we were looking at. So I was very intrigued, like what this was going to end up looking like. Um, so um, you know, get the box also on Friday. Um with um the the tv box that they were sending me and it's it's a very strange setup in this box so there is there's there's like two coax cables in there and and then some other like accessories and stuff but then you know there's the box which i then assume has the um the the actual tv box and it's it's very very small like even smaller than you'd expect a like non DVR or like a like a TV box without a hard drive to be like it was a very very small box. So I I open it, and it's it's just their flex box, like the same one that they they sent me. Gift? What's that? Was this your free gift that you never activated? Well, it, it it's the same box but but they they sent me they sent me like it's another one basically so like you know i've I've got like two of these flex boxes now but the the thing that i was surprised by is like the way i figured this would work is that they were going to send me a tv box that would you know still plug into coax like you think a traditional tv box would um but but no they they just sent me a, a flex box which just it plugs into power hdmi and ethernet or i guess you could also maybe connect it to wi-fi but i just you know plugged it into ethernet 
So that was like, that was not at all what I was expecting. And I, as I was plugging it in, I was thinking like, did they send me the wrong box? Like this, this seems like a very weird setup. Um, but it, it evidently is the right setup because, you know, I activated it. Live TV started coming through. Um, like you would, and then um, all the DVR stuff came on. Like you would kind of never know this box wasn't connected to coax. Like it, functionality-wise, it it just it just kind of operates like a TV box would, but it's just it's just connected to the internet. Um, but what is the the part of it that I still can't quite figure out? And I I wish I was maybe a little bit more thorough about kind of documenting this as I was going along, but. I did access the Xfinity stream app before I received that TV, the the Flexbox, which they call the TV box. And, you know, none of my DVR stuff was showing up um, and basically no channels were showing up. It was like only channels that were, you know, also available to basically stream outside the app anyway. But then as, as soon as I activated the TV box, I went back into the stream app on my phone and, and right away, like all the DVR stuff showed up and, and all of my channels showed up. So it, it does seem like question mark that the DVR functionality and like full, like access to, to all your channels is still contingent to like on having a, box um so i guess i'm I'm sorry like how are you accessing it like so are you just going to like stream.xfit like so i was just a, i was just using the ios app on my phone so there's like just suddenly like a dvr tab or how do you access right. recordings? yeah it's it, what they call it saved but yeah exactly hmm. okay so, yeah okay, and, I and I, I, so you do have to have a, uh, an app for that or you have to have a box for that Oh, okay, so actually, yeah, you, I guess you'd be an interesting use case too, right? Because you, yeah, I, I, I guess so. I guess you have to have a X one box of some kind. And I, what I can, I, so when you read about the cloud DVR stuff, it it says over and over again that it's only available in select markets. So I, I think the story here is that we're in a service area where. I guess this is maybe the direction that Comcast is going, where they're getting away from coax hard drive-based TV boxes and instead are just going to like a totally, you know, internet-based, cloud-based service. Um because like I mean, there was no option when I when I said, you know, yeah, yeah, send me a box. Like it was just you check the you know check the box to say hey yeah send me one and like there was no option about well do you want one with a hard drive or whatever um so i think i think that's what it is um but yeah i i i i i don't know if the dvr stuff just didn't like i don't know if if it was activating that box that actually then made it available on all of you know my other devices or if it was just a timing thing that was coincidental i'm not i'm not sure um i mean one way we may potentially find out is you know once the apple tv xfinity stream app comes out assuming that it's 
that it's okay, which I think it will be based on something else I'll get into here in a second. Um, I won't need that box anymore for anything. So I I don't know if I'm going to be able to like get rid of it, but st- still, you know, be able to access my cloud DVR and stuff. I kind of think the answer is no, though. I kind of think like there is this idea that you have to have at least like one TV box, even if it's not really a TV box. Hmm. So yeah, kind of not 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 exactly what I was um, expecting. Well, in the end, it mostly worked out. But yeah, uh, yeah, I think a yeah. lot of gonna, stuff is going to change. Or I mean, like I like for the TV side of things, I'm I'm curious how everything shakes out when the Xfinity stream is available on non-phone devices. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the um, I guess maybe the the last point here. Um, actually, maybe before I get to that, did I find the um, there was some uh, page on Comcast site um, that sort of explains this difference between um, um, like yeah, I'll I'll put this I'll put this FAQ in the in the notes and I'll I'll send it to you. But it, I think this this sort of basically gets into like what we're talking about here, which is that you can have one of these wireless TV boxes basically function as either a flex box or an X one like TV box. And I guess with the way my service has been provisioned or whatever, my box is now acting as a um, TV box. Um, Anyway, more, maybe, maybe some more follow-up to come on that, but yeah, not, not the, not the TV setup I was expecting. Um, but the other part of this, I was really interested to see is that there is a, an Xfinity stream app on Roku, um, which has been around for quite a while now. It's been around at least since I got that Roku TV like a year and a half ago. And it's, um, like all of Tesla's autopilot features, like it's just been in beta forever. Like it's still just labeled as beta. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I was kind of excited to see what that looked like. And it's it's pretty great. Like it's it's kind of a better experience than accessing TV through the, through the box that Comcast sent me. Mm-hmm. Like it's faster. It's it's basically the same UI, um, but it's just it's just more responsive. Um, I can access you know all of my recordings. I can schedule recordings. Like it does everything that the that the the standalone box they sent me does. So that gives me some hope that this Apple TV app will be good because you know generally speaking you know, all of the apps on Roku, while usually good, um, are not quite as good as they are on Apple TV. So if this, if the Xfinity stream app is just even a little bit better than it is on Roku, I I think that'll be really great. Yeah. It's got to give it a few months. 
Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I guess like one last thing here on this FAQ page that I, that'll be in the notes, like it does like this, it, this does say that at least one X one TV box basically like has to act as like the primary X one device on your account. So. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know, but then it also says something down further down below about a X one box not being required. I, I don't know. It's it's very well, it's when, very when it's a we, very strange set. We looked at it last week, it was very ambiguous or opaque or whatever the word is, so But I still don't feel like I have <laughs> clarity. It's fine. It's it's no like here's the thing. You could also just be using YouTube, uh, com, and that was bad, so it's fine. Well, and the thing that I'm also realizing too just now is like I think the trick is actually just to not even use your TV providers app. Like what I mean by that is so like the 49ers are playing Monday night football on Monday. And I I watched that through the ESPN app on Roku because the picture quality is so much better um coming through ESPN's app than it is over any TV service. Um oh because that was the other thing I did was I compared the picture quality on Xfinity's app on Roku to YouTube TV. And it's, it's basically exactly the same, but generally I find video quality to be a lot higher through the channels, like standalone app compared to, uh, however you're getting your, your live TV. All right. Uh, so we got a lot of stuff to move through. So let's, uh, so real quick, uh, we talked about BMW last week. Uh, Teslas are apparently coming with, uh, just, uh, empty holes in them. Speed holes, you might call them. Uh, they're just USB ports that have nothing in them, uh, because of the, uh, chip shortage and Tesla just, uh, declined to make that information available to customers. So they're shipping them cars with empty holes in them. Fun times. Um, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when I talked about the iPhone 13 pro, the three X camera stinks and I regret upgrading. This is a bad phone. The screen's nice, but the camera stinks. Uh, do what, you, what else is, what else is wrong with the camera? It sucks. Like I'm mean, just the three X camera is so much worse. Like, I used the 2X camera a lot. The standard wide-angle lens one is fine, but, like, I use the 2X camera a lot. And, the, the, the yeah, the 3X camera's bad. Like, the, the image quality is bad. When you transition between the lenses, you, you see how grainy and bad it is. The image stabilization's not as good. It's sucks. Yeah. But the, the downgrade, yeah. Bad. Hmm. Um. And this is actually this is a shared problem that we have. Uh, we're running a little bit long, so we'll just blaze through some stuff. So I posted a link earlier, or a screenshot earlier today. So I, I went out for a hike, and I took my uh, LeBron James AirPods with me, and I put them in, and they didn't work. And I tried connecting them multiple times and it didn't work. And then I had to go 
walk back to the car, put the Powerbeats Pro back in the little oyster engagement ring case that they come in and pop them back in my ears and then they worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this thing, th- th- this issue bugs the shit out of me, which is that I am, I'm very annoyed. So this, this is a multi-pronged issue. I don't know if there's some secret voodoo that I don't understand how it'll work, but there's no way to reset or to have Powerbeats Pro reconnect. So there's two activities that I do when I'm using my Powerbeats Pro. I'm either going for a hike, uh, which means I am taking my phone with me, or I'm going for a run, which means I am doing it only with Apple Watch. And hopefully through the magic of iCloud and the h1 or w1 or whatever the fuck the chip is called it just works and my bigger problem is actually the part with the watch to the point where before i leave my apartment i have to put the power beats in my ears and hope that both of them work mm-hmm. because my issue so this is, fr- I don't like, I'm trying not to just complain, but it's very often with the Apple Watch specifically that only one earbud will work. And I don't, and again, there's no way for me to fix it other than walking back home and putting them in the fudging case and hoping that that resets them. And oddly enough, so like when I, like, let's say I want to test them before I leave my apartment and go to exercise. I put them in and then they connect to my phone and then they will work. But if I just like grab them, don't put them in my ears and then put them when put them in when my phone is out of range and then they're allegedly going to connect to my watch zero or only one of the earbuds will work. And it's just so because the Apple watch is so, opaque where i can either try to reboot the apple watch i can try to reset uh, to turn off bluetooth and then turn it back on or whatever like i don't like it just it never fucking works and this is coupled with the fact that yesterday i went for the first run in a while or the first run standalone with my apple watch that i'd done with the series 7 watch and i had to go walk back home because spotify like wasn't logged in properly or something and there's no like there's just like some stuff like on the apple watch like unless it's working perfectly you have no recourse without your phone other than just like to go back home i don't know like i it it was just very frustrating and the, the but the part that got me today was i went i was going for the hike and then like the little the power beats just did not make the little like the the happy noise that like they acknowledged that they were inside your ears and like my me re-listening to my re-recorded taylor swift album was playing out loud so that everybody around me could hear what i was listening to and i was like why will these not connect to these fudging earphones and like the only solution was to go back to the car and put them in the oyster case and i don't really like i don't like there's no message here but like i just that sucks. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do. And I hate technology that you have to prepare to use. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know. Please, please find a way to tie this in a bow, but like 
I'm, I'm very, and and this is the second pair of power beats I've had. So it's not a problem. It's like, it's not a hardware problem. This is just like the software is kind of crappy. Hmm. Yeah. I, everything you just described has been very much my experience with the power beats pro. I mean, I'm sure we've talked about that going back years on the show and it's, it also applies to just regular AirPods too. Um, regular airpods seem to be more reliable but but not not at all totally reliable um even with the third gen airpods that just came out recently i i still have all the same kind of trouble i've always had with airpods which is sometimes they just don't connect or sometimes only one of the earbuds connects or um you know switching between my mac and phone which i do you know i don't know how many times a day just all of a sudden doesn't work um and it's it's like so much else with apple like there's just no there's no reset button there's no you know this is this is the thing that john always talks about on atp which is that like apple designers like they like there's like some like law inside apple that like there there isn't it's it's impossible or it's disallowed to have a button that just that says like retry whatever this is going to make this work you just you just hope because Apple's whole ethos is that everything just works. That put them out, you put them back in the case, or you take them out of your like you just do, redo whatever the fuck was supposed to work the first time. You just do that three times, and allegedly it will work. But there is no button that says repair or reset or do whatever is supposed to right make it work. And that's, that's lousy. Yeah, it's it's lame. Um, yeah, the like. Air AirPods are really great and Apple's hold, you know, like I guess it used to be like W1 chip, now it's like the H1 chip, whatever. Like they're a proprietary like Bluetooth layer that like automatically connects new devices to your existing devices and allows you to like switch between devices and like all that stuff is like it's really neat, but it's it's just it's just not as reliable as it needs to be and it's it's been years i mean the original airpods came out in what 2016 2017 yeah like but but i feel like that technology is actually it's like it's not that bad like because the thing is like when i because like i assume that the i think it is called the w1 chip or whatever like when i open up like so when i had that issue with with like the hiking headphones where i go and then i open up the uh, like the oyster case for the headphones like they do like the little like the magic thing where the phone suddenly acknowledges the LeBron pods and like it shows you what the charge status is of both the case and the headphones. But my my problem is that there's no way on the actual buds themselves other than looking like a jackass and taking the headphones in and out of my ears like five times hoping that they somehow re-acknowledge and like unless like if they're if they're away from their like home base charging case like there is no troubleshooting option. You just have to go back. Ugh. Yeah, not not great. Yeah, and then related to this, this has nothing to do with anything, but my, my kitchen Sonos One just kind of just doesn't want to connect to Wi-Fi most of the time now, and I've unplugged and replugged it, and I don't really know what to do with it. I don't know. It sucks when I'm trying to like make coffee and listen to the daily... And then I try to airplay to the the kitchen Sonos One, and it just it tries for fifteen seconds and says, "Nah, bro, I'm over this." 
that's, have you, that's have literally you done like a, have you done like a factory reset or anything no, on it? I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> like I, 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 pl- I unplugged and plugged it back in. Isn't, isn't that literally 90% of troubleshooting? Yeah, it is. I don't know because like, cause when I, when I do the, like on, on the swipey bits, um, or on like the touch sensitive portion, when I tap whenever it's it's not cooperating and i tap on the like the play pause button it does blink angrily like an amber light acknowledging that it's not on wi-fi playing nothing else in my apartment is like it's it's not my wi-fi router like everything else has no issues with wi-fi i don't know what to do but yeah i mean you you are right we're just doing a factory reset or whatever is probably the right option but well, and especially because setting up a Sonos is pretty quick and easy. It's not; it won't be some super long process or anything. Like you could probably have it back to factory conditions and reset up on your Sonos account in you know definitely less than ten minutes, I would think. Yeah, but I'm like I haven't changed my Wi-Fi pass. I like I like nothing about my network has changed. I I like oh yeah that that is the correct option, but. Well, I mean, as is apparent from this episode in particular, like, I mean, networking stuff is just dumb sometimes. Yeah. So. All right, let's keep moving. We've got to get to Chef Special soon. So you can put a link in the show notes, uh, friend of the show, third friend of the show today. Um, Dan Morin wrote an article in Macworld talking about, hey, Apple, whoops, what did I do? Whoops, command Z. Um uh the next big thing won't matter if apple keeps letting its software slip and you're just talking about kind of like there's like this there seems to be a trend in terms of like weird persistent bugs that just kind of never get fixed or stuff that's just like just kind of always broken kind of like uh air uh, power beats i don't know it was like he actually wasn't that detailed an article i think his main example was that he had a thing where he was trying to do like photo sharing with his spouse and it just wouldn't work but I think it does kind of speak to an issue that we kind of talk about a lot, which is that, you know, like it seems like it's very difficult due to Apple's size and the complexity and the amount of software and stuff that they put out that, like, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on where there's a lot of stuff that seems to uh, slip through the cracks. And I guess his thesis is that if you continue to have like these lingering software bugs that, um, It'll just it, it it will undermine any new revolutionary products or something. Yeah, he's he's not wrong. All right, I don't think I have a lot to say about this. Uh, Apple's home uh, HomeKit lead is leaving the company. This is before any of the Chip Choi Matter stuff actually has come out. Like I think the HomePod Mini has a thread radio of some sort but i don't think other than what is it called icloud home video or something like i don't i don't actually think there's been much movement on home kit stuff in a few years but this, it is well like, and that, that that is the interesting part of this i think is because like I, this has been one of like upgrades big things which is like you know, Apple hired this new home chief, home kit chief a couple of years ago. And, you know, that was a sign that they were like rededicating themselves to home kit and that they were going to maybe take it into a different direction. But, you know, all that would like take some time. But like now this, this guy's left. So 
um, seems to kind of throw that thesis out and, you know, leave, leave just a lot of questions as if there weren't enough already about HomeKit. Yeah. And sort of calls into question Apple's sort of dedication to it and like what their vision for it is. Yeah, I'm not sure they have one. No. Uh, Qualcomm had its earnings call um, a few days ago, and they anticipate that the uh, amount of sales that they will have to Apple will be shrinking uh, in the next couple of years. So people will remember a year and a half ago, maybe, that Apple acquired Intel's modem business and that it is likely that the iPhone 14 or 15 uh, will no longer be using Qualcomm's LTE and 5G millimeter wave chipsets, um, which is not entirely surprising, but um, the company themselves saying they think um, that will happen is, is, is very much pointing from smoke to fire. Although for end users, I'm not sure really how much this will matter, but like personally, I'd be kind of wary about getting a first gen Apple modem, but whatever. Yeah, well, I think that the biggest question has been not if Apple was going to largely ditch Qualcomm in favor of their own modems, but sort of when. And it it seems like the answer to that is is 2023. Like assuming that all all this is correct, and sort of why wouldn't it be? Um next year's iPhone, the 2022 iPhone will have a Qualcomm modem, but then the year after that would be Apple's first kind of in-house built modem. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, like that's, that timeline sounds roughly right, I guess, be, being somebody who knows nothing about developing your own 5G modems, but. <laughs> All right, uh, last two stories. Uh, Disney Plus, uh, its growth is slowing dramatically. It is up to 118 million total subscribers, but only gained 2 million in the last quarter. So can I can I ask like maybe like a dumb question here? Yes, you there. Um, like what what were people and investors expecting to happen? Were they just expecting it to grow like it was in the very beginning forever? Like, I don't, I guess like, yeah, of yes. course, growth has slowed. There's like, 7 billion potential customers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, but like, well, so this is the thing where, again, you, you consistently uh, uh, um, dispute my uh, use of the term pull forward. But the but like the pandemic like pulled forward a lot of subscriber growth that would have maybe been much more um, equidistantly spread out over like a three or four year period, but with the pandemic like a lot of the that subscriber growth and those uh, net subscriber ads happened in 2020. But I mean, like oh, like it feels like there's probably more room to grow, and I like th- th- I I feel like that's a very fair critique, which is that like Disney has. I don't like to say it's like in an Uber way, but like they have predatorily, like they, they've like they've un, they've underpriced their service 
in the effort or like under the guise of juicing growth numbers and if they've only done one because like how much like so disney plus debuted at seven dollars a month and it's still only like eight or nine dollars a month right i mean i i bought that like you get the like founders pass or something yeah you got your your, your crypto founder pass yeah (laughs) but like they i don't know like it's still underpriced for what the catalog quality is and they're already yeah i like i don't i don't have a horse in the this race but like hmm has Disney Plus had anything like they have? They have the Mandalorian, and they have that you know, Wandavision show. Do they have anything else that's been popular other than just the back catalog and then Hamilton and like Pixar movies? No, not really. I mean, that's 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 the main critique of Disney Plus is that their their originals have just not have not been there in terms of either quantity or quality i mean i guess we're actually really mostly quantity because the the quality of what they have put out is has been good but but they need more of it um hell like even apple tv plus has had more consistency with that yeah um i mean i guess um bob not Iger, the chapic the bobs um in this Hollywood Reporter article that we'll put in the notes. I mean, he I guess he said that we recognize that the single most effective way to grow our streaming platforms worldwide is with new content. And he talked about, I guess, how they have 340 projects currently in the works. So, you know, I, I, I guess they know, I guess they know what the issue is and they're working to fix it. Hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know. I guess like, yeah, I, 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 I miss, I'm as a, you know, I kind of outside observer here. Like, I just, I don't really, I'm surprised by the surprise, I guess. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure, like, how anybody would have expected this not to have happened. Oh, yeah. But be- I mean, same, same with like the Peloton stuff too. Like, people, people being like <laughs> shocked that Peloton sales have, you know, declined significantly compared to last year. And it's like, yeah, of 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 course, like Aww. that. Of course, that was going to happen. Well, maybe you just don't believe in Ben as much as you need to. <laughs> no, Ben. Ben is great. All right, uh, rounding this out, the play date console is getting delayed. You didn't order one, did you? No, no. I mean, again, like Panic is doing. Like they're a great company. They're doing the best they can. Um. And then this one, last thing I guess we'll talk about today is like, I, so are you familiar with Mir? Have you ever gotten with, it? With who? M-I-I-R. They they make like coffee insulated mugs and stuff. Uh Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've yeah, I've, I've heard of this brand. Yeah, like I've, I've got a few other things. And then I got a targeted Instagram ad. <laughs> because apparently Facebook or sorry, Meta knows what I want, what I search for and what I'm into um, advertising like drinkware. And is like, I'm, this is weird. Like, cause they're basically just, they're repurposing all of their insulated coffee stuff, like for booze. Like I, I it's allegedly it's a, sorry, it's $119 and 80 cent value. It's on sale for 96, but like, these are basically like, insulated to go coffee mugs that are made for booze i don't i 
I was curious as to whether or not these uh, low, quote, lowball cocktail sets are up your alley or, I don't know, this is is weird. This is is a weird Uh, pivot. I I mean, we, I mean, we have lowball glasses in 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 the house but but they're not, not to go not, containers they're, yeah no they're they're like glass glasses like you know like cause, traditional cause glassware because that's that's the inherent part of this which is like everything that they make is like hey here's here's some a mug to take with you on your morning commute or maybe here this is like a camper mug where you're making coffee at your campsite or something i've always like i feel like it's uh, like vaguely odd that you're putting bitters and you're putting like whiskey into a uh, travel container. I don't know why that just strikes me as weird, but I mean, I don't know. It, you do you. Like, I, like I, I have, I think two or three um, coffee things that I use from this company, and they're great. But the, I don't know, a, a, a pivoting to barware, I feel like is is a stretch. But these these are not glasses that I would use around the house, and. Well, and they're yeah, also not, I, they're not glasses at all. Drinking, well, yeah, and and drinking cocktails on the go is just is not really something. It's some, I do. It's something where like, and this I'm not sure if this is a Mad Men thing, but this is also just like in Hollywood. I've never understood the appeal of a flask. Yeah, it's it's never really been my thing either. Yeah, it's it's it feels like it's too. It's too per- it's too mission driven, as uh, tech companies would say. <laughs> um, and and your mission is to get drunk at the Dolores Park. No. Anyway, ah, uh, I think that does it. Uh, Chef specials. Yeah. Um, let me send you send you the link here. Amazon.com. Um, no, it's actually an a, an Apple support article, like every good Chef special um, pick is oh you bought one of those mm. no 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 this this come this comes with your this apple watch yeah 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 I, this, is the, this is the cable that comes with it i have well actually that's a, that's a question i have i think i'm still using the same charger for my series well, one apple watch i've never actually ever Car- unpacked carlos the- it's it's almost like we planned this so that that's actually exactly why exactly i wanted to make person. this a chef special um because it's it, it can like a little bit of a psa if you will um, so one of the features that Apple touted with the series seven was fast charging. Um, they threw out a couple of stats, including being able to charge like enough for eight hours of sleep tracking in like eight minutes. And then the, the stat they have on this help article that'll be in the notes is that it can charge from zero to 80 in about 45 minutes. So it, it's a, it's a fair bit faster than, um, charging on the apple watch has previously been i think overall it's something like 33 percent faster something like that um but the trick is that it's only supported using the cable that comes with your series 7 because if you look at it carefully it's not it's not exactly the same like the, the puck end of it is a bit different it's 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 got like aluminum on around the the sides and on the back which if you look at previous apple watch charging cables i I think it's like all plastic on that part yeah exactly um or maybe stainless if you've got one of the stainless watches i don't exactly know 
what the setup is there. But but when you you wouldn't really notice that this cable with the Series Seven was different until you know it gets pointed out to you, and then you go, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I see that is different. Um, so in order to, to do fast charging, you need to be using this cable, and then you know the other end of it's USB C, so you've got to have that plugged into a you know powerful enough USB C port as well. Um, but assuming you've got all that kind of put together, um, then you could take advantage of fast charging, um, which, and, and, and it's really great. So I, what I did is, and so the, the bummer is that all of these, you know, kind of like dual charging setups, like I, I've had this Belkin one for years that, you know, is on my bedside table that charges my phone and charges my watch. Um, it's, it's great. It's actually always been a little bit too big for my nightstand but it i i really liked it so i you know kept it for quite a while but all devices like that which came out you know before the series 7 was released like none of those support this fast charging like you've got to use the cable that comes in the box at least until i guess maybe third-party manufacturers add support for it over time so I've kind of rejiggered my nightstand setup now where I've, I've got it where I'm I'm using this cable and it's the, the puck part of it is kind of just connected to this little stand thing. And then the USB-C part, you know, plugs into a USB-C charger that's on the back of my nightstand. And it's so it's kind of a hassle to set up or it's very particular in getting set up. But, but once you do, it's 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 really nice. So are you somebody who's trying to, do you use any of the sleep, like, do you wear your Apple Watch at night? Are you trying to use I, any of the sleep tracking? I, I've, I've been using the sleep tracking since it first came out. Yeah. So that that's why something like this is really appealing to me because charging, like, I, I'm somebody who basically wears their watch 24-7. And so taking it off to charge it is annoying. And if that's made a lot faster, that's great. And, that, and that's what this does. And no, I don't, I don't mean to lead this off in a judgy way. Do you honestly get any actionable insights from the sleep no. tracking? No, <laughs> it's, it's just, a, it's just, it's kind of just a curiosity. Cause I don't really like, unless I'm tracking it on my watch, I have really no good sense of like how much sleep I'm getting. And so there, there are occasions where I, I wonder about a certain week or something where like, if I'm getting maybe a little less sleep or something and I, I can quantify that. And that's that's kind of nice. <laughs> and do what about it? Well, generally, yeah, generally nothing. Uh, I feel like shit. Did I get a lot of sleep last night? No. As I as <laughs> I sit there, sit there awake, trying to figure out my X one TV setup. <laughs> uh, I'm restless because of coax. All right. Uh, there, there. You you were looking for a show title. I no, think I'm not going to write that one down. <laughs> if I had said like "restless in Philadelphia" or something, that would make more sense. But that one I'm writing down. <laughs> um. All right, I do have a show special this week, and it's one I actually meant to mention last week. Uh, have I already talked about the SF Minute before? Yes, you have. Did I? Has this already been a show special? I don't know Maybe. if it's been a chef special, but you've mentioned it to me. Before. So there's a very good newsletter uh, called the SF Minute, which is a uh, afternoon uh, timed newsletter that talks about the goings on in the Bay Area, but specifically San Francisco. It's a good mix of 
like not like heart like it's it's not a news reporting outlet like it's it's an aggregator it's kind of like it's kind of like a next draft it's like an afternoon bay area specific next draft uh but it's got it's got a mix of news events fun stuff food stuff it's it's, it's a very good newsletter uh and it's entirely free and i'd recommend people uh sign up for it but last week they launched uh subscriptions to keep it going where you can pay fifty dollars a year to be a supporter or patron or subscriber you don't get anything that you wouldn't get for free other than wanting it to continue but it is one of the only newsletters that i actually read every single day um and oddly like i don't know like i don't really like next draft currently is just something that tells me hey half the work day has gone by i i don't read it every day anymore but I can still say subscribe, but like, yeah, the SF Mini a minute I do listen uh, listen to, read every single day, and yeah, it's worth it. And if you find value in it, um, you can pay fifty bucks a year to subscribe to it, like I have, and it's totally worth it. People should give it a shot. <laughs> 